Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 260 on Tuesday, the 11th of June, 2019. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And in a week where we aren't arguing with all comers about our logo, we'll be talking about if we're at the left leg in or left leg out stage with the FCA Rebel Alliance merger. We'll also be chatting about how some seem to be confused as to whom a business's first allegiance is, is too, and we enjoy some myths being busted. Ooh. A whole, there used to be a whole show about that. There did, I believe. It sounds it sounds like a great mm-hmm. title. Yes, yes, it does. It does. I sounded like a bit a bit of a demented muppet during our title tonight. I'm sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> Don't worry. But never mind. Do you want to get on and start off with some follow up? Because there is actually some follow up this week. There is. Uh, hooray, boo! I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. Hooroo, hooroo. It's not Dieselgate, so that's good. But it's about Gone. And a couple of weeks ago, Renault released preliminary findings from an audit saying, ooh, Mr. Gone had been all naughty. Well, no, they didn't actually say it. They said, ooh, there was all this money that got moved about and we're not quite sure why in the Netherlands entity that they had. I think it's Nether- um I'll just find the actual there's ve- so there's very low uh, corporation tax in the Netherlands so you find that many very large European con- European countries are actually co- countries European companies are actually uh, actually based there at least in a financial theoretical sense yeah the Renault Nissan BV mm-hmm. and there were what's happened is that they said all, all this money got moved around and it's a bit suspicious preliminary report this is and it, mm-hmm. it made out as though these were, you know, the final findings. And Nissan was happy to jump up and down going, oh, look, see, 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 we'd said this before, look. But the lawyers of Carlos Ghosn have hit back at this and gone, that's all very well and good, but you won't answer any of Carlos Ghosn's questions. You won't ask him any questions about what's happened with this. So, um... It's not really valid, is it? No. Should we, uh... Should we just try and uh, not just smear mud everywhere? Shall we? Where's the fun in that? It's, uh, I I think that's shown that they are. Everybody is ramping up the nastiness in this now. Mm-hmm. It was already getting pretty grim against Carlos Ghosn. I mean, this is at the minute he is innocent because he has not been proven guilty. Yes. Uh, you know, if he is guilty of all these things, then that's fair enough. But at the minute, it's being played out in the press quite happily without giving him the opportunity to defend himself, which is always a nice way to do things. Yeah, but remember that where you were away that, that week when Rich and I discussed that the preliminary hearings already started, so nobody's allowed to start presenting new evidence at this point, certainly yeah. not in a Japanese case anyway. Mm. But talking about information going to the press, uh, Nissa, it is claimed by Greg Kelly, who is the other defendant with Carlos Ghosn, but hasn't had yeah. anywhere near the, the same uh, scrutiny or investigation by the police because he's not in prison. He's not the big name in all of this, really. No, no, or considered the main doer of all the deeds or thinker of all the deeds. Well, the main benefactor from the deeds. Yeah. What Kelly has said, that the Nissan CEO, who is, if you remember, Hiroto Sakawa, was granted an exception in 2013 to reschedule his Stocklink bonus back a week, or forward a week. No, back a week, sorry. He moved it another week on. Mm -hmm. And the share price went up in that week, 
which obviously gives the impression that there was some announcement and therefore everybody got happy and put the share price up, which meant he gained a further 47 million yen, which is $432,382 on moving it a week. (laughs) Announcement. Mm. So that's not a good look considering Nissan are trying to hold the moral high ground about Oh, we didn't know what was going on. Particularly Saikawa no, said, yes, I exactly. didn't know He's what was the... going on in the stuff I was signing, which mm-hmm. we return to our previous responses to that, which are <laughs> less than complimentary, shall we say, or forgiving. Mm. <laughs> yeah, not not a great look. But then Kelly has been unavailable to be contacted. His lawyer has been unavailable. And Nissen said, we, we're making no comment. Boo. Nope. Nobody's saying anything about this. Yeah. So uh, we still have a little bit of follow up, though, Alan. We do. We've got one more, and that's at the other week we talked. I talked about the FCA wanting to, you know, releasing statements saying they wanted to merge with Renault uh, and into the alliance, and that was great. And they'd released, you know, everybody'd released all these statements, and then it came out on. Wednesday morning, when we were overnight after we recorded. Yes, that was it. And they said, "Well, actually, no, we're not going. We're, we're going to withdraw from this. This, is, this isn't a good idea after all." Yes, yes, which is a bit of a bolt at the blue. <laughs> and everybody was like, "What? Well, wait a minute! This was this was the greatest thing since since sliced Ford Focus RS. What on earth has has happened here?" And uh, there's a couple of different different stories coming out one of which uh, so some stories are saying that it was nissan and so that nissan used their their board seat at renault to to abstain to to basically uh, vote it down and to say that no they weren't going to do this this was ridiculous which is what many of us thought might happen uh, but the other stories are the are, are that it was actually down to the french government well there's three there's three stories. Well, there's three actually, because some say it was Renault too who, who voted it down, which was by not telling Nissan. Renault were because Nissan came back and said, "Well, hang on, no, no, it wasn't us. Renault were all secretive about this. So how we're supposed to be closer than ever and trusting each other and everything, and that they didn't yes. tell us until they announced it in public. That's not how alliances work. Yeah. Then there was the well, actually, it's the French government who have fluffed this up. Yes, who are making all sorts of demands on on FCA, uh, and therefore FCA just say no. So, which must have been, let's face it, if it was number three, it must have been quite bad, because quite frankly, FCA will mate with anyone right at the moment. They are desperate. Desperate. There they is really. I mean, they are... And <clears throat> sort of ram. Yeah. Alfa Romeo doesn't have a big enough portfolio, even though everybody no. talks really complimentary about the Julia and the Stelvio but that's not that's not enough to and, and Fiat has a collection of 500s of various scales yes. essentially um so so yeah i mean it's kind of it there's, there's not really a i'm i'm belittling it quite a bit am i because Ferrari's not included in this, is it? No, because they're a separate entity. That's crossed now. my mind, and nobody's ever said it. Because it's a separate entity, it is spared. Yeah, they got this. spun off to make some money for FCA, didn't they? By going well, on the stock yeah, market. and also so, and also so that this kind of thing didn't. Yeah, didn't so they would yes. yeah, isolate it. You know, yes, kept Ameri- separate from it. Yeah, um, so it, all a bit, all a bit strange, really. 
Um, yeah, there's there's going to be a couple of articles from Jalopnik linked here, which goes and discusses the various possible permutations of who's done what, the lead pipe in the library, and all that sort of thing. Because there's it, no one knows. It is, it, there's a lot of sources close to the FCA team yes. and sources close to Nissan. <laughs> yeah, people are spinning it whichever, every which way. As I said before, I thought the loser in all of this was going to be Nissan. So I, I feel they had the most reason to do it. But then, of course, if the French government decides to get all all French governmenty on it, who knows? That's that's almost that's just as likely. The problem is that they have got so, they are have such a big chunk of themselves owned by Renault that mm. if they pull stunts, it's going to cause them problems. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm expecting yeah. George R R Martin to start writing this up as a his next novel will be the <laughs> motoring and you know OEM giants <laughs> and mergers a game a, a, a game of steering yeah, wheels or something. It's going to yeah. be less bloody anyway. <laughs> Because this, this well, is not know. this is not going to be nice. This no, this this is going to go really nasty. Yeah, at some point, yeah. which is going to be a shame because it'll be the poor workers that bear the brunt of it with the fallout. Exactly as ever. Yeah, as ever. Right, move on to new news though. So new news. Uh, first up, uh, the May registration figures, which came out last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just the end of last week. The New car registrations in May fell fell 4.6% year on year with 183,724 units registered. Diesel sales fell by 18%. Petrol rose by 1% and all turned to fuel by 11.7%. That diesel fall is mm-hmm. something ridiculous like 20-odd months. So that's... Non-stop. That's 18% on an already falling market last year. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really, really been hammered. Yeah. Well, you, you, when we recorded the SMMT special last night, I, I questioned how many people would buy a diesel variant of a vehicle that we tried. Mm. And and it was th- this was what was in my mind at, at the time, not that I'd read through the figures particularly recently, but yeah. That's what was in my mind. Private as well, down 5%. Fleet down 3%. And business vehicles down 29%. Mm. Which is quite... I'd say that's relatively significant. I'd say the 5% is pretty significant as well, to be honest. Yeah. So, yeah. Pretty icky there. Uh, What else? Diesel now has a 27.7% market share. Down when we started this podcast, it was about fifty percent market share. Petrol sixty five percent, and alternative fuels six point six percent. That's up an entire percent on uh, May last year. Yep. Do you want to do the? Well, we are going to do the bestsellers list. So no, queue up to find the bestsellers. I'm sorry, we're going to do the most registered. I'm saving you the postcards, the angry postcards. It's headed bestsellers I here. Know that's it what is. the list is called. Every month that's not what it, it contains. It is headed bestsellers and it is incorrect. Yes, well, there we go. You had your opportunity to speak to the chairman of the SMMT and point this out, point out the error of his ways, and you didn't. No, it's true. I didn't. Neither did I. Come on then, what's number 10? So number 10 is the Volkswagen Tiguan. It's like an SUV, but more boring. It is. It's an unusual entry uh, into here, but it, it, they registered 2,785 of them 
last month. Next up, Volkswagen Polo at 2,902. Nissan Juke, 2,978. So, yeah, such a close thing, even on those top three. Number seven, the Mercedes-Benz C-Class. Uh, number six, the Nissan Qashqai. Number five, the Mercedes-Benz A-Class with 3,735. Good month for Mercedes, then. Good month for Mercedes. Yes, good month for Mercedes. So that's only, what, a 1,000, so less than a 1,000 vehicles uh, separating the top six positions. Mm separating those six positions of the top 10, sorry. Yes. Fourth, Vauxhall Corsa, 3,993. Third, Volkswagen Golf, 4,655. Leaving second to be the Ford Focus, oh. in this case. Of, oh, so close. Uh, 5,000. <laughs> Here's what you would have won. Uh, 5,556. And, uh, of course, the most registered vehicle in the United Kingdom during the month of May was the Ford Fiesta with 6,710. Mm. Mm-hmm. I was going to say really close there, but there is about 4,000 units between between uh, between the best sons of the Ted. But if you look at year to date, it's actually, I mean, apart from the Fiestas, obviously well out in front, but uh, the Focus mm. and the Golf are very close, and the course is not yeah. m- massively behind that. And the Mercedes-Benz mm-hmm. A-Class isn't dramatically behind the Corsa. So no, exactly. It's all in the twenty thousands until you get to number seven. They're all within three thousand units of each other. Those the the four that, that Andrew listed, and that's second to fifth on the, on the year to dates. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Should we go through the spreadsheet of doomy gloom? Yes. Right, I'll start off then. I'll I'll go with the dooms. You can come back with the with the undooms. You've got some quite spectacular. So you work you work down with the dooms, and I'll work back up again with the yes with the goods. So a bath down nearly seventy percent. So what that actually translates as uh, six hundred and twelve in twenty eighteen to one hundred and eighty five. Uh, Alfa Romeo mm. are down nearly twenty four percent. DS down forty five percent. Honda, bad bad month for Honda, 26% drop. Uh, Infinity, obviously Infinity is going to be going down, but that's 50%. McLaren, so it wasn't a batch month, 42% down. So from 85 down to 49. So, But they're changing models around and stuff. Mini is down, which is a bit of a surprise, actually. Mini is down 22% hmm. from 5,094 to 3,952. Porsche down... Twenty percent. Renault down twenty five percent. Smart down twenty one percent. Sanyong down forty three. Subaru down forty. Bad month for Subaru actually. Sorry, I'm looking at this. Porsche so Porsche registered almost. Porsche registered about eight times more cars in the month of May than Abarth did. Yeah. Whoa. And just think of the margin on that as well. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Going the other way. Volvo, 25.77% up. Uh, Mitsubishi, up 23%. Uh, MG, up 49%. Actually, MG, 1,200 vehicles mm. registered, which is about the same as Porsche. Uh, no, 300 less than Porsche. That's actually quite impressive. Yes. Sorry, I want to make fun, but it's that's really quite impressive. Much as we we have made fun of the press releases in the past... That's a, that looks like a sustainable growth they seem to be getting now. Well, look at it. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, maybe. Because we must be 12 months on from some of the more we've got the biggest yes. growth in the world type press releases to a more yes. sustainable type. Considering yeah, that it is a, should be polite, flat market at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's flat going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, agreed. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Lotus up 25% to 25 yes. cars. <laughs> uh, Chevrolet up 100% to 12 cars. <laughs> And Bentley up 80% from 87 to 157 cars. Well, that's, that's good, considering they've got a real drive on... They, they've been put under serious pressure to be profitable, haven't they? Were there any significant... Come on, any other significant ones that we... I know that we we run a, a rough threshold. So Jeep were up 13, Lexus were up 10, Mazda were up 8, Mercedes were up 7.8, so it was a good month for them. And... Toyota were up six, and I have now covered every si- – oh, oh, Citroen was up five, and Dacia were up five. Mm. I have now covered every manufacturer with a positive. Everything else was negative or zero in the case of Alpine. Welcome, my Alpine. I think this is the first time you've appeared in this. Yes. Good work. But still Chevrolet is there, though. Yes. <laughs> Believable. <laughs> Other British car, uh, other British cars, one hundred and eighty-one. Other imports, three hundred and twenty. Because all sorts of bits and pieces get classified under imports. Mm-hmm. Fab. Well, there we go. So that's uh, SMMT stuff. Killed that. So that was rather flat this week. Yeah, yeah. Not the most exciting or dynamic month for it. No, no. Pretty, pretty. Just ugh. pretty ugh. Just, uh, Speaking of ugh. This is our last Earth story of the week, actually. Yes. Thank goodness, because it is pretty Earth. It is, indeed. It News was leaked out over the weekend that Ford were going to close the... Or how it was released was Ford is going to close the plant at Bridgend, which uh, they've now announced that they have started the consultation for closure, potential closure of the Bridgend mm-hmm. engine plant. Ford, had, or Ford President of Europe has said... That And this is a point that I think many commentators who have decried Ford's loyalty to this country need to bear in mind that, and I'm quoting here from the Top Gear article, uh, that creating a strong and sustainable Ford business in Europe requires us to make some difficult decisions. Mm-hmm. Changing customer demand and cost disadvantages, plus an absence of additional engine models for Bridgend going forward, make the plant economically unsustainable in the years ahead. Now, to all those who bleated on and said, oh, look at Ford abandoning this, blah, blah, blah. No, Ford's job and the director's job is to look after the business. It is not to look after a community. It is not to look after mm-hmm. a country or prop up government policy. So yeah. if they happen to do those things as well, that's a bonus. But that is not mm-hmm. what they're there for. And they will continue to build, you know, diesels in Dagenham and transmissions in Merseyside. But this isn't just this isn't just a UK specific thing. Oh, we're just picking on Britain, no. which seems to be the way much of it. I mean, as it says, as it pointed out uh, by Tom Harrison here. They are also closing two factories in Russia. They're making shift reductions at Saint-Louis in Belgium and Valencia in Spain. And they're stopping producing gearboxes in Bordeaux. That last one may well be helping sustain the Merseyside factory. So Ford Europe is under a lot of pressure from head office in Detroit. 
because Ford yeah. Europe has Ford... not had a great year last year. A few years, yeah. And the year before that wasn't wonderful. And Ford... they, they are under serious pressure to, to rein in spend, to get a grip of it. And one of the things that a company will do every time that that comes up is that they look at cost cutting. And one of the quickest and easiest ways to cost cut is you look at what you make, where you make it, and is that still viable? So, and equally to the to many that were saying, look at Brexit, it is not the factor. Yes, it is a factor. It will always be a factor, but in this one, I don't think it is. Because economically viable is the key bit of the quote there. Mm-hmm. I feel really sorry for all the workers down there, and I hope they yeah. can get the help. Uh, and I hope the, I hope Ford are going to help as many people as they can to retrain and that sort of thing, if they can, uh, if that if that's part of the deal. I presume that's part of the negotiations with the unions and stuff. And I hope the Welsh government and Westminster can help out as well. Yep, agreed. Because it's by no fault of the workers themselves. No. Right. Let's move on to something a bit more positive, though, Alan. And I think this one's a cracker. Yeah, I can't even remember how I found it. Western Bartonshire Council, uh, in in Scotland, obviously, is offering free driving lessons for sixth year sixth year students. No, sixth year in a row. I think I think that's it. It's for the sixth year in a row. They've they've got this scheme. I read that wrongly right from the start. So it is for people between tw- seventeen and twenty four, sixth year in a row, as part of their Working for You initiative. Yeah. Uh, and the idea is that that they will that they will fund or part fund the practical and the theory test and lessons for pe- for people in that age group, basically so they it's easier for them to find jobs. Mm. A number of these, so forty percent of the places. I mean, there are a limited number of places on this. It's not just everyone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's 50, 50, 50 participants. The top four, 40 of those will be going to modern apprentices and then there's 20 percent for people in the care system stuff so there's a limited number of them but it's a really good and practical way i think to add a, to, to teach an important life skill for people uh certainly in the area of area of scotland where where not everything is 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 served by a bus excuse my complete ignorance but where is western barton which part of scotland is it uh it's kind of bottom left Dish. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, I know. I know the idea. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I mean, yeah. Not not Dumfrieshire, which dangles down. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's sort of above that. I hope I'm right. I'm going to be so embarrassed if I'm not. But it, it is that that. that but but this seems very sensible for any county council that is predominantly a rural area, because transport is the hardest thing for the young to find work in these areas, particularly if they are not in a position that they can afford it themselves. And and that's what this is targeting. It's targeting people who, who can't afford it, whether that's because they're in the care system or whether just the jobs don't pay enough for them to be able to afford driving lessons on top. Yeah. But I, I think it's a it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. It's just to the west of Glasgow, by the way, just so that I could – I knew the – I was like – Oh, no, I know roughly where it is, but, but yes, it is that bit just to the west of Glasgow. Okay, cool. But but I think this shows that's, that some people have thought carefully. I know that's a – this is a rare moment of us complimenting a governmental-type thing. Especially Scottish <laughs> local government, yeah. <laughs> but, but somebody's thought it through and thought, where 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 are their weaknesses? What can we do to help mm-hmm. them? Okay, some people may go, it's only 50. But you look at 50 people getting 20 lessons and they're 
tests paid for. That's not cheap. And if you're in somewhere like Clyde Bank, this is really this is really um, this is really important. Can I just add in a bonus story as well? Because I just noticed it when I was when I opened up the page there, which is that they actually it was today they held uh, they held a Grand Prix walk as well in uh, in is it in Clyde Bank. I think it was. But it was to celebrate that you could walk one, two, or three miles around park around uh, in Leaving Grove Park to sell each one to celebrate one of Sir Jackie Stewart's Formula One uh, World Championships. He's eighty today, isn't he? Bring your bring your own Arab. I think so. Yes, yes, it's his eightieth birthday today. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, happy birthday. Yes, Jackie Stewart. Sir Jackie. Yes, yes. Um, I know he listens every week. He does. Yes. As as all right minded people do. Calls occasionally. Hello. <laughs> right. Moving on. I'm glad you did the accent, not me. <laughs> right, moving on. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> uh, sorry about JLR and BMW. Yes, well this is the incredibly sensible news, as as we talked about the other week, actually, and collaboration. But the sensible news that Jaguar Land Rover and BMW are going to work together to develop the next generation of electrified technology. So this will be for Mm -hmm. pure EVs and for hybrids. And this makes massive amounts of sense because to develop this technology is really, really expensive. I mean, incredibly Mm. expensive. Even today, with the the moves that have been been made and how far we are along those, along the route where, you know, there's 300 mile cars you know some some can even go further than that that to collaborate and share the costs will allow us the consumer to benefit from it quicker in a more affordable manner yeah. as well mm-hmm. because both both have yeah. both have done it independently and they have vehicles which are really special in their own rights you look at the at the i series of BMW and you look at the I, I pace for Jaguar. I series of I series yes, Jaguar. Yeah. All the eyes. <laughs> I think they may have to come up with new new letters soon. The Apache and the I three. Yes, and stuff. Yeah. Just imagine if they can get together to save the costs of of the tech and still maintain the special nature of those vehicles. Once we can get hold of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Interesting one that the development's going to take place in in Munich, according to this autocar article by Rachel Burgess. But then the each manufacturer will make their own units. So uh, JLR will do it in Wolverhampton, and there is muttering, according to this, that uh, BMW is expanding its Hams Hall uh, engine plant in the Midlands, which would mean it was nice and handy for Jaguar's plant, which would mean that they could share suppliers and stuff. Yeah, go to one central hub and drop them off. Yeah, 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 which which is another cost which ca- would be super ca- smart. Yes, that is that yeah. shows massive levels of thinking, which perhaps yes. we don't always give companies the credit for because we don't see it that often. Yeah, well, I see it even less. Yes, <laughs> yes, agreed. So I think that's a great idea. Maybe they'll use their own switch gear, though. That would be the important thing. In the cars, they there. develop. Not going. I ended up parked. So I was at Gatwick the other week. Uh, I don't remember. I can't remember if I said you. I said to you, and uh, I actually ended up. There was a BMW Z4. All right. Parked in the quiet bit of the, the car park, and I pulled in and parked behind it. And I almost went out, took a picture, and, and tweeted it with the caption "Toyota parking only," and then decided <laughs> that really it probably wasn't the so sensible thing to do, and that I would get I would get scowled at. 
You may may even get an email. <laughs> Epsom, possibly, or a phone call. Oh, yeah, yeah. we dread the phone calls. <laughs> dread the phone call. Right, well, uh, more more news, but it's not good news, though, Alan. Well, yeah, we were talking about uh, Sir Jackie Stewart's birthday just then, how he's reached 80. But at the weekend, uh, there was the, the sad news that the former Jaguar chief test driver, Norman Dewis OBE, had died at the age of 98. Just an incredibly interesting chap. He'd worked at a couple of other... He'd worked a couple of other uh, car companies before joining Jaguar. And then he was a test driver right the way through from, from uh, well, he was a D-type racer. Mm. And he was an E-type test driver. C-type test driver. He's, he's, was he a C-type test He was, yes. Pardon me. And then he was the chap who drove the E-type overnight from Myra near, near Nuneaton to Geneva and then spent the next day doing demonstration runs in it. Just what a story. It's <laughs> 760 miles in 14 hours in 1961. Yeah. How Incredible. many petrol stops? <laughs> uh, supposedly he was really trying to hold out for to, to reach his century so that he could drive the XJ13, which previously, which is, you know, the never raced Le Mans car. Which tried its best to kill him. Which it's pretty much killed him. He, he sort of managed to get under the scuttle and, and, and just because there were no belts, no rope cages. He wanted to drive the rebuilt, I don't want to call it replica, recreation of that car at 100 miles on his miles an hour on his 100th birthday, yep. which is, is quite cool. So well, there'll be a link in the show notes to the fantastic X-Car a documentary. I'm going, to, I'm going to call it a documentary because it is 40 minutes yeah. long. It is fascinating. It is fascinating and a really good bit of film work. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it for a long time. It, it, it's been around a while. It's been around since 2015. And I, I haven't seen it for a while, but I, I really... It was excellent when I did watch it. Yeah. Also in the show notes will be Andrew Frankel's excellent article in Autocar mm-hmm. describing the the life of of uh, Norman Dewis. But uh, what a yeah, what a what a phenomenal chap! Just amazing. It's one of these cases where you we've lost an, another source of first hand stories about awesome and amazing things over the last well almost century. Yep. Yeah. Well, we move on this time to the news that, and oh, I think this is hilarious. This is ridiculous and hilarious. I didn't get triggered at all by the way that it, this has been reported throughout everywhere. I know why they've done it. Well, first of all, noise cameras just bugs the heck out of me. Noise camera, wrong, just wrong, or microphone, as we may know them. <laughs> So what it is, is the government and the Department of Transport has suggested that they will be trialing a detection system, which will be a microphone linked to a camera, that if something is too loud, although we don't know what too loud is yet, they haven't decided that. It's designed to target those with illegally modified exhausts or systems in disrepair. So it's going to have to really sound like rubbish. How do you know? How do you decide? Yes. So, in other words, if you've got a 911 GT3 Lamborghini Huracan, the, the examples given here, you shouldn't need to worry too much about it. But mm. I, I, it seems to so. Bit is, a, is a micro with a hole in its exhaust going to be fine because it's not going to be louder than a Huracan? Mm, don't know. <laughs> See, this is the problem. The thing is here that, that it, well, it points out in this Evo article by Sam Jenkins points out further down the current noise limit for cars in the UK is 74 decibels, but. That's measured under very certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and if it's different, then of course it can be over that, and that can be environmental conditions. It can be driving styles. It can be all sorts of things. So yep. it's so to be honest, that number is a bit it's a bit balls. Yeah, because it's 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 sure under these specific conditions you need to reach that, and you know with no wind howling around you and no. No oh, farmers in the field next to the sensor. Well, not under heavy acceler- heavy acceleration. All these kind of things. Yeah. So it's. I think it's somebody has decided that they were going to test out an idea and see what people's reactions were, and that's why they released mm-hmm. it as they did. And I I'm not sure how they can technically achieve it. No. In a way, I would quite like them to be able to technically achieve it because. There's someone around here, or there's maybe more than one person around here with with a DSG Audi TT mm-hmm. with a particularly loud exhaust who drives like a complete and can make quite a lot of noise either quite late at night or quite early in the morning. And I think you know, I would quite like one of these to catch them. Well, uh, and on then that I think, front, hmm, Alan, on that front though, uh, part of the proposal is actually, and this sounds sensible, in, in amongst all the daftness that everything else has mentioned that they are going to introduce an easier way to report noisy vehicles online mm-hmm. so maybe that's the way forward that if if people have a localized issue they can report that vehicle i can stand out it's half six in the morning just in case it comes past yeah yeah, yeah. sensible easy we don't know how they would report it. actually there was one that was was around here within the estate that was quite bad yeah. But was just unnecessarily not. <sighs> this sounds terribly hypocritical because I, I I do have quite relatively noisy cars, but I uh, there's there's a time and a place yep. for being a very noisy. So if you have to leave the house at six thirty in the morning, you do not go. Fun though it would be. Make sure it's warmed up the engine. Well, it's bad enough when you start it. Goes. Um. Yeah. So. You know, but you just don't, you sort of quiet. Yeah, exactly. So. Think of others. Mm-hmm. Right. One more one more story before the before Guilt Minute, which you'll find us about two-thirds of the way yeah, through the show. It's definitely not uh, halfway. <laughs> yeah, definitely I'm not, not. even going to pretend. <laughs> uh, and that's that 150 kilowatt, everybody is launching their 150 kilowatt ultra-fast, I think is, is the new term for it, electric chargers. BP Chargemaster launched theirs at launched theirs at fully charged live at uh, Silverson at the weekend. Well, they call theirs the Ultra Charge One Fifty. Fifty, yeah. Well, they already have Ultra Charge, you see, but yes. their current ones are Ultra Charge Fifties. Uh, so this is three times the speed. As if you need that explained to you, like morons. Uh, Don't call them morons. News, you know. I said as if you're. No, as if you're, I'm trying to say you're not. Oh, shut up! Uh, so this is this is good because it'll have uh, CCS and Chadamo be able to 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 charge the next generation, or some of the coming generation and future one of EVs far more quickly. They're reckoning on a hundred miles of range in just about ten minutes. They're looking to have a hundred units live and running on fifty BP court four courts by the end of 2019. Four hundred in place by the end of 2021 that's quite impressive really mm-hmm. so it will mean that you can go you can plug it in go in really go in have a wee come out again and you'll be done yep cool imagine charging around britain then be done in 
a couple of days. Easier, We'd do sightseeing and everything on the way. I was talking about it yesterday, yesterday to, to someone, uh, and I was I was trying to... Uh, someone who, who hadn't heard about it before, and I was trying to explain just how much easier it would be now. Compared to that, I mean, really... Two years, to, two uh, years uh, down the line. Well, not even two years down the line. Not even two years at the minute. If we were to do it two years down the line, we'd, yeah, we, we would be able to sleep at night and actually, you know, get to bed and all sorts of stuff like that. Getting up before we went to bed and all that stuff. Yes, that was this, which was almost what happened on a couple of occasions. Yeah. yeah. Folkestone Holiday Inn Express, here we come. I've never been so happy. <laughs> anyway, as I said, that's about 20, it's well through the show, but it is Guilt Minute. At that point in the show, we remind you to think about and consider what the motoring podcast is worth to you. Uh, this week, we worked out just there, we will have created seven podcasts between the two of us. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. One to a lot. One to, one to a lot. Got quite a few uh, <laughs> this week. So uh, at some point, they will come out. It's, it's like that so we can drip feed them across the, the rest of the summer. But if you feel that kind of work and the hours that go into it is worth a small amount of your hard-earned cash, please do head to motoringpodcast.com and click on the orange Become a Patron button there on the front page uh if you're already a patron then thank you so very much and if you haven't if you are already a patron and you haven't got in touch to claim your stickers do please get in touch to claim your stickers yes do if you are not a patron you want stickers then if you go to motoringpodcast.com slash sweet merch m-e-r-c-h then uh, then you can of course purchase them at very reasonable prices mm-hmm uh, we understand that not everyone has the ability to to spray money in our general direction. So please don't forget to like, rate, and leave feedback via the podcast player of your choice. If you've done all that, you really are wonderful. How's about costing a friend uh, who you think would enjoy this and tell them all about us? Uh, if for some reason you don't actually subscribe to the show, how's about doing so for free via a podcast player? That way it will come to you. It will be downloaded automatically every time we release a, a new podcast and you won't accidentally miss out on the next new show. If you're not sure about podcast players, how to get a hold of them, which ones are the best ones, then do get in touch with us or with many of our other listeners uh, via Twitter, Facebook, whatever, and we shall do our best to help you out. We will. Andrew, Le Mans is coming up this weekend. Yes, uh, and as we did last year, I thought I would do it again. I've got a link in the show notes to the Andy Blackmore Spotter's Guide, which is on spottersguide.com. And it's the usual fantastic colour sheets that tell you so much information, which when you really only get the Le Mans weekend, the chance to really dig into this because the family don't appreciate you looking at this style of racing every weekend on the many options that you have because there's so many different series running across the globe <laughs> that uh, yes. it, it does help you out. I mean, he goes into the details of who the drivers are, you know, it, it, the amount of detail that he has put into this and the amount of effort he goes, and he keeps updating them. So I'm going to put you to the actual page that you can click on the link to the guides the various guides because he's got a full resolution one and a reduced resolution because he keeps updating those right up until the point where the the flag is dropped on saturday so you if you want to be if you want to have the latest version then that's that's the way to do it so there will be links in the show notes do click through i mean it's just gorgeous to look at as well 
really mm-hmm. lovely, lovely stuff. Uh, and he's got he's got the track in there and everything as well. So this is just just a brilliant thing that he does for us for us mm-hmm. people who who follow this racing or dip in like I do because I. So so I I was um, so I was speaking to uh, I was speaking to Le Mans commentator uh, Chris Parsons who's off off who well he should by now have arrived in Le Mans to commentate on his fiftieth Le Mans. How's about that? Wow! Uh, he, he was reckoning that Toyota were issuing this year. Uh, I think so. Al- although the the privateers. Because I I believe, and I'm not I've, I've not been following it as closely as I'd love to, mm. but I believe the privateers are a bit closer than perhaps Toyota would want, thanks to oh, some right, slight okay. tweaks to rule changes and things. Uh-huh. Well, that's Toyota. I'm sure they'll do they'll do something. Yes, drive faster <laughs> or longer. One one of the two. Longer, because that's the way you do it, isn't it? You're either quicker or you can go longer, and that's how you. Yes. So yeah, it's all about average. But speed. the the Ford GTs in the historic liveries, mm-hmm. they all look awesome as well. Just it, I I I love watching them on, and I wish I could follow or I did follow the WEC racing more because it's just I just think it's wonderful. It is, and I'm I'm the same. And I know that each year we get hassled, we get not hassled, we get friendly banter to point out we really should get the finger out and get there. And, and every we year, want it, to. it's it's we do. It's just further down our list of priorities. This so. year, it was just a definite no chance. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But it is is very high on our list of things to to experience. Yep. Right. Moving on, though, uh, just a quick one. Uh, and this this was nearly in follow up, but uh, we mentioned Ian Callum was leaving JL uh, to Jaguar. JLR mm-hmm. nearly said that, but Jaguar as dire- as, as design director. Well, uh, the Queen was uh, was so thankful for his work that she's uh, awarded him a CBE uh, <laughs> due to his contribution to automotive design, which I think is thoroughly well deserved and fantastic. And yeah, again, we just can't wait. We, we we're sitting here going, "Well, what are you going to be doing? Come on, come on!" I think he's probably just going to go off and have fun. Well, I'm sure he will do for a bit. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be part of it. Or we get we we'll get might will we get a speedboat or maybe. Don't know. Do you think he'd go down Don't that know. route? I suppose people just go. Can you play? Can you, you know, have a, have a play? And that that must be that would probably be nice as a you know as as someone who has wielded crayons before, Alan, to be given the opportunity to play. Yes, I don't think he'll rock up at Geneva next year beside some weirdly named hypercar. No, I don't get the creditors design of that. I don't think he. I don't think he'd actually. Yeah, I don't think he'd actually do it. So, so I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Yeah, but it's worth mentioning that he's being replaced by Julian Thompson. Did we, yeah, we mention that, that last, last week? week? Yeah, we did mention yeah. that last week. Who seems like a jolly nice chap. The one time I've met. Him. Yes. Well, let's see if I can get him on review. Get on with it. There's many people on the list of badgering. What's next? Oh yes. What's next? We don't really have a lunchtime read. It's a lunchtime watch. Four minutes and three seconds of everybody's favourite Italian car designer who isn't Giorgetto Gigiaro. <laughs> Matteo Licata talking about five myths about car design and busting them. It's great. He's almost a myth buster. I haven't watched it yet. I'm sorry. I wish I could make jokes about it, but I, I can't. And this is... Uh... But from now on, by the way, on Rose to Life, there'll be videos on Fridays rather than Saturdays. 
Okay. I think, to be honest, it's easier to get views that way, which sounds terrible. But uh, it's a thing, but, it, but generally, I believe that's one of the rules. If you get it in there at the start of the weekend. You've got to play the game. You've got to play the game. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep, yep. as ever, he's thoroughly entertaining, uh, as you would expect, and uh, pulls no punches. <laughs> as again, he's as we've come yeah. to know and love. Yes. <laughs> So if you if you haven't seen any of his videos, have a look at that, and then try out some of the others, and subscribe to the channel because it's hi- it's highly entertaining and it's great stuff. Yeah, brilliant. I love his sketching ones. Absolutely. You, it's not just a guy. And here we put a line here, and then we measure this proportion. We put a line here. You're actually being told about the the history of the the history of the car and all sorts of stuff. You've got to remember that Matteo is 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 not just a designer and. YouTube stuff. He also has, you know, written a book uh, about the Alpha. Well, written a couple of books. Written a couple of books. Yeah. Um, about uh, the Alpha Six and also the Alpha Giulietta. Uh, um, and he's got cool T-shirts, which I was wearing during the week with an Alpha on. Uh, I've got my. I was wearing my Alpha SZ NRZ T-shirt earlier in the week. Awesome. Yep. One of my favourite cars. Mm-hmm. Cool. And finally, Andrew. And finally, yes. Well. Uh- Volkswagen sent round their IDR, which, if you remember from last year, annihilated the Pike Peaks record, mm-hmm. going up up Pike Peaks jolly quickly. <laughs> I think was the they was the that. technical term uh, for it. Is how it, how it was measured. Uh, well, this time they threw it on the Nurburgring to see if they could beat the pure EV record. Mm. And Porsche's pure EV record set not that long ago. Yeah. yeah? And they did. <laughs> they did. This must be ridiculous. Again, I'm sorry. I just haven't had a chance uh, to watch stuff today. There is there is a video where there is an introduction to it, and then you you get to go around the Nurburgring, and you know, do there's a few shots from helicopters and stuff. But basically, there's an awful lot of in cabin views. Well, we saw the Porsche, you know, um, in in car view on, and you just I, I was sitting taking. Taking sharp breaths at just the speed, yes, that's been laid down. It, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, and and the thing that really struck me with the IDR was how smooth it was driven. Mm-hmm. It was it's it's great. So you know, once you've finished watching Matteo's video, have a look at this and sit in awe of driver skill and technology. Absolutely, together in one place. Yes, no, fantastic <laughs> stuff. Brilliant. Uh, any parish notes before we finish? Yes, there was a rear view out last Friday. That's right, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Dynamics expert David Pook. Yes, who did a lot of the work on the Project 8, um, but also the Project 7 gets a mention. And we, I get to, to ask how you go about trying to set up a car and the, the process that goes through. Really fascinating stuff. And he's... He's really entertaining, so uh, I do. If you haven't listened, I thoroughly uh, encourage you to uh, to listen to that because he's an excellent guest. And uh, this this Friday we'll have a short little special edition out as well. Just just a real quick one that will keep you going over the weekend. <laughs> we finally got to catch up on our day at the SMMT uh, test day at Millbrook, uh, and so we recorded that last night <laughs> and almost into this morning. Yes. <laughs> Which is why we're both quite knackered. So, so yeah, it, it should be. Hopefully, it's, it's worth a listen. It, I think it will be. Cool. 
fantastic brilliant so that's us uh for this week's news show but don't forget that between now and next week you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts with the, the show at motoring podcast on twitter and instagram on facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com the hub of all our activities don't forget our patreon offer available at motoringpodcast.com and please please leave a review and rating on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing it really does matter. Uh, Andrew, uh, if people want to ask you more about, um, I can't actually think what they might something. want to ask you more about. That's terrible. Something. Then what's the best way to do that? Best way to do that is to get in touch with me via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you'll find me there. And Alan, if people want to question whether you are getting enough sleep, what are the best ways for them to do that? On Twitter. Please, uh, my telephone's turned off and well away from the bed from the bed at night time, so you can do it whenever you want. Uh, where I'm at, AJP Bradley, B R A D L E Y. We'll be back next week, but until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues, and safe motoring.